Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys and gals, welcome in, welcome back. It's been about three weeks since the last time I sat in front of this microphone. Uh, summers get a little crazy. My son's got baseball, which he wants me to do this quickly because he wants to go play catch outside because he doesn't ever stop playing baseball. So who knows how long I'll be sitting down today talking to you guys. Uh, But it's been a minute, and wow, have things happened. A lot of things have happened. And uh, uh, there's only one thing I can do. Let's have a beer and figure all this shit out with you guys together. So there's so much I could talk about. Um, I mean, if... An hour ago, Dante Moore committed to Oregon. Um, we didn't get him, uh, but we still have number one recruiting class. What conference is Notre Dame going to play in or not play in? What conferences are all these teams going to ultimately play in? I don't know. Uh, so much to talk about. So, let's do it. Let's get into it. You know the deal. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Let's go. Uh, so last time I talked to you guys, I, I was leading with baseball. It was mostly baseball. Um, unfortunately, that didn't go as planned. Uh, baseball team did, didn't pull it off, unfortunately. Link Jarrett uh, went to Florida State. Not a surprise there if you're following baseball. The surprise is we, it looks like we're losing some players. Either be a transfer or... Kids who were recruited are good enough to go pro, and they're not going to come to Notre Dame. They're going to go pro instead, which I guess it means you're recruiting the right kids. But if they don't ever play for Notre Dame, it's it's a weird dynamic. But uh, baseball season is over. Ole Miss won the whole shebang. They beat Oklahoma, who knocked us out. Actually, I guess A&M technically knocked us out, but then Oklahoma knocked A&M out. But nonetheless... Uh, Baseball is going strong in this household. I know that much. Uh, all summer. But Notre Dame baseball has come to an end for the season. Awesome run. So much fun. I know we all had fun doing shots and car bombs and looking forward to the game days. Uh, it would have been cool to win the whole thing. Absolutely. So, anyway, baseball's over. Now, all we have is football. And we are getting closer and closer and closer Every single day, you know, uh, and if you guys did see, I I don't want to call them a sponsor, but, you know, Saturday's Count, go go check out those guys, uh, saturdayscount.com, only so many Saturdays, make them count, they say it's the greatest slogan in, in college sports, which, kind of agree, I mean, it's the greatest catchphrase. I mean, what? There are only so many Saturdays, right? We got to make them count. 
So, and, and I'm going to do something fun. I, I'm starting with this to let you guys know. I'm going to do something fun. Uh, probably, I, I need to come up with something creative. If you have any ideas, reach out to me. But find a way to get uh, some more attention to myself, but also to these guys. And get a free t-shirt to somebody through some kind of drawing or something like that. But we're getting closer and closer and closer to September 3rd. So it's all Notre Dame football all the time now. Baseball's done. There's no other sports that are going to draw our attention, right? So I'm going to start with what just happened. Because a lot of people have a lot of opinions and I just, I don't understand. I don't get it. We didn't get Dante Moore. Correct. We thought we were going to for a little while. Uh, it looked like Notre Dame was leading. Uh, everything was looking to line up. And then, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, right after we got C.J. Carr, a five-star quarterback for 2024, I said that, It'd be it's interesting to see what Dante Moore does. He seems to have balked on his potential commitment to Notre Dame once the Tennessee kid got this lucrative NIL deal. So Dante Moore goes to Oregon. And I've just seen too, too much negative negativity directed, not at him in the sense of like on uh, directly talking to him or you know tweeting at recruits that kind of stuff but in group chats and other things like guys it's <laughs> chill out like seriously you know we don't need to say fuck fuck the more family fuck that guy that's that's not cool it's not cool um yeah it sucks he didn't go pick Notre Dame um and yes it, there is I think some dots you can connect to what kind of money he was looking at, uh, NIL deal that maybe Notre Dame is not in a position to offer. But at the same time, you know, I, I keep saying that I said it a few times already. The silver lining, Michigan didn't get him, okay? Let's be happy about that. Can we be happy about that, please? He didn't go to Michigan. That's a good thing, is it not? I mean, we're, we're always competing with Michigan on, like, everything we do. So not picking Michigan can be a good thing that we can all agree on and be happy about. All right? I, I know I'm finding the silverest of linings. I get it. I get it. You know, it, we were leading on Dante Moore for a long time. You know, and looks like money, just all that stuff. I get it. But there, there's too much negativity around him not committing to Notre Dame from our fans, like, yes, okay, if there was no other things in the fold and it was Dante Moore or nothing, which is how you're treating it, which is insane. It's not Dante Moore or nothing. Like, it's not every little thing is just the end-all, be-all. It's either the best or the worst or, you know, uh, we're, we're looking at things too isolated, all right? And... It's it's today's society, okay? I I don't know where I'm going with this. Watch me for the changes. Try to keep up. It's today's society has you know 
caused us to get want this instant satisfaction, instant gratification. What have you done for me lately? You know, every little thing that happens is the you live and die by, and I just I don't understand. You are allowed. I don't know if you know this, but you are allowed to assess the other things around said incident. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, the glass either full or it's empty. Yeah, you know, and even if it's half full, I'm a half full guy. I try to be optimistic, but I also try to be realistic. But there's half empty or it's a full, it's a fucking empty glass. That's it. We didn't get him. Glass is empty. We got nothing. Um, no. Because, like... We got CJ Carr next year coming in, who, by the way, was also a Michigan kid. We got him. So, you look at our situation quarterback-wise, and Dante Moore is not the end of the world. Is not this detrimental, you know, just, up oh, that blew up the whole thing Notre Dame was trying to do. Which is how you guys are responding and reacting. I'm not saying everybody. I... It, it might be a select few, but for whatever reason, it seems to be the comments that keep popping up in front of my eyes on, on Twitter. Right now, we have Tyler Buckner, a four-star quarterback. We have him till at least 23, if not 24. And I've said this. I, I don't know what he is or isn't going to be, but if he's what we expect him to be, there's a very, very good chance he leaves after 23, okay? But let's just say he's really good. He's great for Notre Dame, but maybe he's not NFL material. But then again, if he's not NFL material, how good is he really? Hard to say. But let's go. He's really good, everything we expect him to be, and he's gone after 23. Now what do we do? Well, there's two things happening in 24. One is... We have Steve Angeli, a four-star quarterback. Okay. That'll be a probably redshirt sophomore at that point. Because this will be his redshirt freshman year. No, freshman year, redshirt freshman. Yeah, redshirt sophomore. Steve Angeli, four-star. We also have the five-star CJ Carr I just mentioned coming in. So the idea that we're so screwed on the quarterback is, is, is you know what it's not fair to CJ Carr Tyler Buckner and Steve Angeli for one and, and two it's so so short-sighted and so like you're think outside the like look around take a take a picture of the room don't just focus on the table you're sitting at there are other things happening and, oh, by the way, we have the number one class in 23, still do, probably going to be a top five class. And for the people that tell you it's not going to be a top five class, you can tell them to go fuck themselves. Don't tell the Moore family to go fuck themselves. Tell these idiots that Notre Dame has a recruiting class that is number one. Not by happenstance, not because we've got 30 commitments already or whatever the number is you can cap out at. It's not a numbers game in terms of quantity it's a numbers game in terms of quality we are getting quality recruits that's why the number one class and it will be a top five class when it's all said and done it's not gonna be number one i'm not that dumb i don't have my glasses aren't that green 
you, you still got a bunch of five stars sitting out there that haven't committed, that are all on Alabama's radar, Ohio State, you know, Georgia, Clemson even, you know. There's we're gonna get passed by two or three teams for sure. Okay? And Ohio State's gonna rub it in our face when they pass us and hey, this is what it is. We wanna be where they're at. And I own that. I acknowledge that. I admit that. And I think you guys should too. We want to be where Ohio State is. So when they rub shit in our face because they're doing it. I mean, look at the last 10 years of... Their, I know they haven't won a national championship since 2002. But I'd rather be where Ohio State is than where we're at. I mean, oh, no, sorry, 14. 2014. Yeah, because they won the, fir- the first... Uh, Playoff. Yeah. Yeah, you got that right. Point being is, Notre Dame has a great recruiting class. Marcus Freeman is doing his shit. We also have the number one class in 24. That's got a long ways to pan out and play out. I get it. But I think the problem is, Notre Dame has been a quarterback away for some time. Okay. We've been so close. I was at the 2018 Cotton Bowl. If Trevor Lawrence was wearing a gold helmet and Ian Book was wearing a orange helmet, Notre Dame wins that game. You can't tell me otherwise. When you have the talent that Notre Dame had on the offensive side of the ball and could only put up three points and you were at that game, you knew what the problem was. You can't tell me Miles Boykin, who was a starter for the Ravens, and Chase Capel, who is making a damn fine name for himself with the Steelers, on the same field at the same time, and they do nothing? That that's Clemson's defense was fine. But you can't tell me that the quarterback didn't have anything to do with the lack of attempts. You know, forget success, just attempts to get Claypool and Boykin the ball. Not to mention uh, the backfield. We had a team. Now, do we win? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, with a, I'm not saying with Trevor Lawrence, I we win. If you flip the quarterbacks, we win. Now, if you just had a better quarterback than Ian Book, uh, do we win? I don't know. But I think if you have a quarterback of Buckner's ability or uh, – what Angeli showed in the uh, spring game, which again, how much he's really good, but he also played against the backups' backups when when he was uh, doing his thing in the spring game. And we got CJ Carr coming in. I feel like any one of those guys uh, could have done something with the talent Notre Dame had in 2018. But you had a gun shy quarterback who was only a three star who was making the most of what his abilities were. They just, he was limited. So I feel like we're, oh, we're a quarterback away, so we need every quarterback we can get. Well, that's not realistic. That's just not. Even getting back-to-back five-star quarterbacks, I said this on the last show I did, I don't think that's realistic. I don't think it's realistic to get a five-star quarterback and a five-star quarterback and a five-star quarterback in every class. And the reason I say it's not realistic is I feel like, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I feel like everyone's saying that we need all these five-star quarterbacks are under the idea that these quarterbacks are going to stay in the program their entire college career. 
No, they're not. Hate to break the news to you. No, they're not. Look around. Every team that gets multiple five stars, somebody rises to the top and somebody leaves. Now, I realize if you continue to get five stars, you increase your odds of hitting that home run and getting that guy, that the Trevor Lawrence, the Justin Fields. What, Justin Fields, he started at Georgia. Where did he end up? Ohio State. I mean, you, you increase your odds of getting that guy. But also, if I'm that player, th- these kids want playing time. They, they just do. And quite honestly, if... We didn't get the kid who took a spot on Sports Center to make his commitment, but we got the kid who's committing a year plus. He hasn't even played his junior year of football yet, CJ Carr. And he's already committed. He's already recruiting for us. He's trying to get other dudes. Cam Williams committed because of him. Like, come on. Like, you know, speaking of uh, Cam Williams, you know, you, you look at the recruits that we've got. When the last was it week, um, uh, Christian Gray and uh, Rico Flores and like the the list goes on, right? We the, we did we've been doing great things, recruiting. Not getting Dante Moore is not the end of the world. We need to let that go. It's gonna be okay because the rest of the class is really solid. And the quarterback we have coming in, which it is unique. It's weird that 24 committed before 23. But some people have alluded to the idea, well, that, that's on Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame. They should have they should have waited to see what Dante Moore was going to do. What? Are, are you serious right now? Like, that's what you're going to do? You... No. That's not what you do. It's. I'll tell you what. If if I did that, I I wouldn't be happily married right now. Let's put it that way. Not to say that I had another option per se, but a life lesson uh, for those listening. I was coming out of divorce. wasn't even officially divorced. Met what is my now wife, and <clears throat> I had people telling me. Hey, it's too soon. You know, I I know things are going great, and you know, but it's only been a couple months since you've left your wife and now ex-wife. Uh, you know, take it slow. You know, don't don't do that. And I said, why? Like, she's awesome. We have so much fun together. She's beautiful. She like is exactly what I would want in a wife. Because let's be clear, I, I enjoyed being married. I enjoyed having a family and all that kind of stuff. It was just the person I was choosing initially to share that experience with. But if I listened to those people and said, yeah, you're right. I, you're right. It's too soon. This is everything I want. It's right in front of me. She wants to go along this on this ride with me and see where it goes. But you know what? You're right. I'm just going to cut it off for no reason whatsoever. And and that may be a weird analogy, but C.J. Carr is sitting here going, hey, I'm a five-star quarterback. I want to play for Notre Dame. In fact, you let me commit, or however the conversations go, but once I commit, I will recruit for you. I will get this receiver, that receiver. I'll entice these guys to come 
play in South Bend, put on that gold helmet, and show up in Notre Dame Stadium on Saturdays ready to ball. Well, I don't know. That sounds good, but we kind of got this Dante Morcat, and he's been playing games with us. So, kind of want to see how this game ends. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. You really think sitting on your hands and just waiting it out, only to see what the waiting out was going to be. Let's be real. I Yes, Notre Dame's chances increase without the C.J. Carr commitment, but I do believe NIL was a big part of this. It just, there's no way it wasn't. And that's fine. In today's college football world, do, do you. You know, you, we don't know what this kid's upbringing was. You don't know what his uh, priorities are. Whether you agree with them or not, you don't know what his priorities were and are. So maybe it was important to him to get an NIL deal to help with his personal life. Just, and let's be honest, I don't, I don't look at Oregon. And maybe because I have some connection to the university, I don't know. But I never looked at Oregon as the uh, snake in the grass, the you know the SEC style or the you know A and M like that. I didn't see Oregon as that. I I have no. I don't hate Oregon. I don't have an issue with Dante Moore and the way he went about it. I just know that we got a five-star coming in in the class of 24 who people are talking very, very, very highly of. And when they come knocking at your door, oh, why are you going to say no? Like, so... I just, let's just say that Dante, you say, no thanks, CJ Carr. Not yet. Just hang on. We're going to see how this plays out. And then, what do you think CJ Carr is going to feel like? Okay, like, I'm offering everything I have to this school, and they're telling me, you know, buzz off for now. And Dante Moore thing plays out the, exactly the way it did. And then you come back to CJ Carr, okay, sorry, hey, Moore didn't work out. So we're ready now. Oh, well, never mind. I found someone who actually appreciates who I am and what I do. So instead of getting one five-star, your hopes of getting two five-stars went to zero five-stars. Got it. It just doesn't make any sense. Be happy with what we have. And I'm not saying just be happy because, you know, just be happy. No. We, we have a legit quarterback room, guys. We have two four-stars right now, and we're getting a five-star coming in. Chill out. It's going to be fine. Not to mention he's bringing in talent to help him. Golly. It's going to be okay. All right? So, I went way longer than I wanted to on Dante Moore, who's not even a Notre Dame commitment, but people are losing their minds and just re refusing to see the bigger picture. They're, they're not taking inventory of the room. They're... Focusing on solely Dante Moore and he's not at Notre Dame. Well, guess what? Guess who is? Guess who will be? And it's going to be okay. And from my understanding, C.J. Carr might be a better quarterback. As it stands right now, in terms of 
23 class, 24 class. CJ Carr is higher rated within his class than Dante Moore is. I've also heard the ridiculous thing that uh, we need a dual-threat quarterback. Well, heads up. Dante Moore's a pocket passer. And CJ Carr, while not a true dual-threat, has more mobility. So, I'm not going to say what I think the obvious thing is, but there's a reason you think Dante Moore is a dual threat, and there's a reason you think C.J. Carr is not, is what it is. But don't be shocked if C.J. Carr ends up being the better quarterback. You know, And it, a lot of it has to do with the talent around you. And I don't know what Dante Moore's recruiting is like. And I know he's just a player, but I said it the other day, and it's a great phrase, but recruits, recruiting, recruits is the best recruiting tool you can have. All right? Say that five times fast. Recruits, recruiting, recruits is the best recruiting tool you can have. When you get dudes like CJ Carr or Blake Fisher or Drake Bowen or all the last few years, Notre Dame dudes recruiting guys to come play with them, that's the best recruiter you can have on your roster. And CJ Carr is doing it already. Is Dante Moore that guy? I don't know. Be honest, it doesn't seem like it. I mean, he could he have played this up any bigger? I mean, he went on Sports Center. Could he have played his recruitment out any bigger or longer? Let that sink in. Is, you know, so, and I'm not trying to hate on the kid. I'm just trying to point out things that I think Carr brings to the table that Moore may not. Okay? So I'm not saying be happy just to be happy and, you know, shove it under the rug and, you know, it's fine. No, it, it's not, it, it's great. We have a five-star quarterback who's already doing work for Notre Dame and he's a, about to be junior in high school. We still got the number one tw- class in 23 as it sits today. Again, we can keep saying it until it's not true. It's still true today. Number one class, 23. And it will be a top five class when December rolls around. Okay. That's the Dante Moore quarterback recruiting stuff. But I... I wanted to do an episode earlier because of all this realignment talk, everything that keeps happening daily. And that's the thing. Every day I wait, more stuff comes out. More changes are made. More stuff's being talked about. But then the Dante Moore thing, I I knew I could go 20 minutes because I I knew he wasn't coming to Notre Dame. Uh, I was hopeful, sure. But I, glass half full, right? It was highly unlikely. So I waited to get that out and talk about that. So we're going to be fine at the quarterback position. So now let's go into realignment and conference juggernauts and super conferences and all this. And I'm I'm not going to go because th- it, it changes daily other than the known USC, UCLA are now in the Big Ten. Cool. The Big Ten now runs from the Atlantic to the Pacific. That's different. 
and it only gets south when you go out to California. It just runs to the Midwest otherwise, and, you know, the east and tri-state area. So what's going to happen next? Who's going to join the Big Ten? Who's going to try to jump to the SEC? We've already seen uh, rumors, talks, whatever, reports that a lot of ACC teams are trying to jump to the SEC. Uh, Clemson, North Carolina, Virginia. And, you know, a couple of things there. Number one, Notre Dame in all sports but hockey, I believe. Hockey's Big Ten because I don't think ACC has hockey. Uh-huh. So ACC and other sports, and then my obviously football, we're a half member. But the ACC is kind of already trying to plan to break up. And for them, it's all about money. Maybe not all about money, but mostly about money. You know, maybe my Clemson friends can uh, back me up on that. But they're, they're looking out for their best interests, as they should. They already see what's happening, and... They're tied to their conferences. They they can't be independent. There's very few schools that can be independent as Notre Dame currently is. So, conference affiliation is everything for these teams. So they can't be left behind. It's literally not an option. And when you're a powerhouse in a certain sport, one of the big two, uh, basketball and football you you better find your way quickly so clemson football north carolina basketball like okay we got to figure this out because we need our conference so we're what are we gonna do and they're in talks to you know take care of their plans and then the rest of the pac 12s trying to figure it out who's gonna come to the big 10 is that big 12 you know and i say big 12 but that they're gonna break. They have to break up. They they're gonna have nothing left either. Just it's because the teams aren't good. <laughs> I mean, but nobody's actually left yet. But all that being said, where does that leave Notre Dame? And everyone wants to talk about money. Oh, Notre Dame's gonna they're gonna do it for the money. They're gonna leave because they want them. It's never been about money. If it was about money, Notre Dame would have joined the ACC full-time, uh, would have joined the Big Ten uh, when they had an opportunity. It's never been about the money because Notre Dame makes a fraction of what these conference teams, teams in conference, they make a fraction of the money on their media deals and other things. Yes, there's other uh, monetary factors for the university the football team and stuff but the big money is in the media deals and Notre Dame's isn't as good as any other conference in the country right now it just isn't so if you're thinking it's money you're wrong that's the money would be a reason to join but people are saying oh Notre Dame's not going to join a conference because they make so much money uh, being independent no, they don't. That is not true. Money has nothing to do with why they will or won't join. 
Well, let me rephrase. It will have a lot to do with why they would join. But it, it's not about the money. It's about the independence. It's about the freedom. It's about tradition. It's about values. And Notre Dame has been independent. It's it's part of their identity. That's how that's how we get shitted on so much from opposing fan base. Join a conference. Join a conference. Play a real schedule. Join a conference. Well, the one time we did join a conference, it was the lowest strength of schedule Notre Dame's had in the last seven years. Just for funsies. So you know. Luckily, we played Clemson. Well, you had to. They were in the ACC. But the rest of the ACC is kind of trash. And I know my Clemson fan, friends can back me up on that one. So, doing a conference isn't the end-all, be-all. Doing uh, a conference, if it's the right conference, cool. The Pac-12 is weak as shit. The Big 12, now that Oklahoma and UT are leaving, is going to be really weak. So, doing a conference is fun to say. It's fun to shout. Uh, what it should be is you should join a conference because we can't be independent, and that's not fair. Because, right, the, today's society is all about fair. Everything's got to be fair. Well, it's not fair. Notre Dame gets to be independent. We can't be independent. We'd, we'd be screwed. It's not our fault. Why is that our fault? Why, why does that matter? So we want to be independent because it's nice. We can schedule teams all over the country. And the only downside, I suppose, is we still play a tough schedule, but it would be even tougher if some of these teams would hold up their end of the deal. Like when you schedule Wisconsin, you know, four years in advance, and then the season comes where you play them, and it turns out they're not as good. They're all right, but they're not as good as we anticipated. You know, and, you know, we got uh, next year, 23 and 24, I believe, we play A&M. I assume they're still going to be good. But, I mean, they have the recruits, they have the coaching. I guess we'll find out, huh? But they haven't exactly lit the world on fire in the SEC. So it looks nice on paper. Ooh, we're playing A&M, but how good are they going to be? You know, obviously, September 3rd, we got Ohio State. They're legit. We know they're legit. There's no doubt about that. Um, So... We get to schedule all these teams because we can. We can schedule a team from the Big Ten, the SEC, the Pac-12, the Big 12, all in a single season. Trying to think if we've done that. I feel like we have. Well, maybe not all four. I don't don't think we've touched all five, all power fives. I don't think we've touched all five in one season. But we get close. And not many other schools, can, actually no schools can say that. <laughs> but it helps with recruiting. It's a big recruiting tool being able to get all those places. So, the thing if Notre Dame were to join a conference, like the Big Ten, <clears throat> and as the Big Ten currently sits, I'm including USC in this and UCLA, Notre Dame would have a lot of its primary rivalries within the same conference, so you'd play them quite often. But would they play them annually? 
I don't know. It depends on how they, if Notre Dame were to join, how they would set up the conferences and all that kind of stuff. But the other side of that is, would those teams still schedule Notre Dame? I don't know. Depends on what the Big Ten wants to do with their number of conference games. What out-of-conference games are available? How is that going to work? So the concern that the only concern I would have in terms of Notre Dame staying independent is who are they going to play? Because if the ACC breaks up, as it looks like they're attempting to do and will likely end up doing, there goes your five ACC games, which is not a problem. Okay, because again, outside of Clemson currently, nobody is offering anything that is of significance other than they're in a Power 5 conference. Like, that's it. Cool. They're in a Power 5 conference, but unless Florida State comes back to life, Miami shows up again, and Clemson. Uh, I mean, I guess other teams have had their moments, but... At the end of the day, like those are the three names when you think of football in college. It's Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Only one of them has been worth a shit in the last 10 years. So, well, no, Florida State is pretty recent, but they fell off a cliff pretty quick. But anyway, if they're going to break up, Notre Dame doesn't have those five locked-in games. And again, the games are not a strength schedule building. They're not at all. But that was understood, and it is what it is. It is still a Power 5 conference, and you're playing five teams. But if they all bounce and end up in the Big Ten or the SEC, why would those teams still even consider scheduling Notre Dame? And again, I this is just kind of a devil's advocate if they have all these teams and they play, say, 10 conference games, or even nine, call it nine, you're the Big Ten, you're playing nine conference games, and now you've added in USC, who, I'm sorry, they're going to be a tough out with Lincoln Riley and some of the guys they've been bringing over there. I don't know about UCLA, but you still it's still a tough conference. Then the SEC is obviously the SEC. I just don't see the incentive for them to schedule Notre Dame if they're already playing a tough and, I don't want to say daunting, but a tough conference schedule. What's the incentive of adding a top five program to your schedule when you already have enough built-in strength of schedule teams to play Notre Dame? And Notre Dame's going to potentially be left with nobody to play. The other side of the coin is, though, it's Notre Dame. Who doesn't want to play Notre Dame? Who doesn't want that exposure? Who doesn't, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. It, It's really early, but that's where I'm at with the whole thing is my fear is the schedule getting a little tougher. You know, tougher to get teams on your schedule. And should that happen... Notre Dame will, will be forced to join a conference, but how will that change the dynamic in terms of Notre Dame's leverage? Now, I've seen people say ridiculous things. Well, Notre Dame needs to go to the Big Ten, tell them, 
These are our terms. Take it or leave it. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Guys, that's why people don't like us. Because they think we make the rules. Okay? <laughs> like, let's, like, legit. People talk shit like, oh, here comes Notre Dame. They're going to make it make it their own way. They get special, special treatment. They get special rules and special exemptions. And then we're going to come into a conference and go, here's our special rules that we would like to put in place. Probably not. Uh, the like, well, we're never going to be an equal member. I, we would never. Why would you agree to be an equal member? Uh, because like, it's kind of what a conference is. It's kind of like a little family. Now, obviously, not everything's quote unquote equal, but you're not going to come in and make your own rules and things of that nature. It's not going to happen. But right now, because there is, you know, this desire to get Notre Dame into your conference because it will help your conference. It will boost your conference. It will provide value. All those things that Notre Dame is that we know it to be, it will help. But if you wait too long, that probably flips. Oh, look at you, Notre Dame. What happened? Nobody's scheduling you? Because we already have a tough conference schedule and we really don't want to add another team that's actually pretty good. So here's the new deal. That's a fear too. Is if you wait too long, the the leverage kind of switches. It flips. Unless you're we're lucky enough to where the SEC and the Big Ten both want Notre Dame and it's in a position to guess battle each other for for Notre Dame to join and see how that goes. But I think it's inevitable Notre Dame's going to join a conference. I just don't know when. The other factor is the college football playoff. What are their rules going to be? Because you remember when it was being proposed before OU and UT jumped to the SEC, if they did a 12-team deal, you had to be a conference champion to get a, a, a top seed. And you know Notre Dame was going to have kind of, I don't say a loophole, but uh, they just weren't going to be, but they could host a playoff game. That was going to be kind of one of the little stipulations. What's the new playoff committee expansion, which is also probably inevitable? What's that going to look like, and where does that leave Notre Dame? There's, there's so many unknowns, but what I do know is this: the move is not going to be so much about money. If Again, if money was the motivator, they'd be in a conference already. Um, it is going to be about hanging on to our independence as long as possible without hurting the football program from a scheduling standpoint, from a access to the college football playoff standpoint. And that's some... I believe until until access to the CFP is somehow hindered, Notre Dame will stay independent. But how long is that going to exist or last? I don't know. 
I just know it's getting crazy. Teams are going everywhere. And I do think Notre Dame should be sitting and watching, but not ignoring. You know, we need to uh, we need to watch and see what other teams are doing, and be ready to make a decision if it comes sooner than later. So. I'm anxious to see what happens. I really am. I, I, I think we're we're set for 23 and 24 or 22 and 23. Right, because 24 starts the new uh, USC UCLA thing. But what do we do after that? And when I say we're set, no, I don't mean we're going to make a decision in 2024. We might make a decision, you know, three months from now. I don't know, but. In terms of what we know Notre Dame to be, it'll still be the same for the next two seasons. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But that's all I got today. I was didn't want to go too long. So I do have it. He's he's looking at me through the window now. He's he's outside wanting to play catch with me. So I gotta go play catch with my son. But um you know, again, I do wanna do something fun and get you guys some t-shirts or a select person a t-shirt but um saturdayscount.com you know it it's it's their catchphrase there's you know only so many saturdays make them count it's a great catchphrase uh if you guys saw my shirt it says only so only so many saturdays make them count in Notre Dame colors it's a really cool thing they actually have an NIL deal with some of the players at Notre Dame. So uh, I'm going to think of something. I'm going to do something fun, find a way to do a giveaway for one of those uh, cool shirts. And, you know, I'll put it out there on Twitter and, and see what I come up with. But, you know, it'll increase traffic for those guys. They're they're doing a cool thing. And, I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward. There are only so many Saturdays. And if you don't make them count, you're quickly going to turn into UConn. <laughs> but, all right, that's all I got. Uh, please find me on Twitter. I, you know, thank you guys. I got to 1,000 followers. You know, I'm getting closer to 1,100. Like, I'm just having fun. I really, I'm just being me. There's no, that's it. Just having fun and enjoying the banter. Being a Notre Dame fan. That's it. But find me on Twitter at five foot nothing pod. Uh, you want to talk more, direct message me or email me five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. I am always open to communicate. I have a show where I am the only person. I talk to myself for well, depends on how long I go. Today about forty five minutes. <laughs> Other times over an hour. And I talk to myself the whole time. So, I can definitely chit-chat with you. I'm up for it. So, I don't know when I'll be back in front of this microphone. But if there's some huge news, I will do my best to get an episode in. And I look forward to seeing everyone on Twitter. And that's all I got. Alright, until next time.
Five for nothing? Hundred nothing? Out.